Welcome to another edition of the Mental Dimes podcast. Tonight, Phil and I have on guest Graham Ashcraft of the Cincinnati Reds organization. Uh, you're not going to want to miss this one. Take a listen. Let the drama kick die. Let the drama kick. Let the drama kick die. Let the drama kick. Let the drama kick die. Let the drama kick. Let the drama kick die. Let the drama kick. Let the drama kick die. So now we have on uh, Graham Ashcraft. He is a pitcher for the Lookouts in the AA system for the Cincinnati Reds. A um, little bit about Graham. He was drafted at six, um, in the sixth round of the 2019 draft, um, having a great year in the Reds organization. He's got 96 Ks and 77 innings. Um, he had a stretch of 44 straight innings without allowing an earned run. Um, just want to say thanks for joining. I know during baseball it's hard. Your schedule is crazy busy, so I appreciate you taking some time with us today. Oh, uh, it's no problem. Glad that I could be on here with y'all. Um, so first thing off, just we, we want to kind of touch about um, you getting started in baseball. I know I know minor league journey can be um, it can be intense. It can be hard. Um, at what part of your career would you say you know every, every, little leaguers all want to play major league baseball? I think, you know, you worked with some little kids in pitching camps, but at what point of your career did you think and realize like, hey, this, this could be a reality that I could really chase this dream? I was about my sophomore year in high school. <clears throat> I was playing on varsity as a sophomore and we were playing in a national tournament in Cary, North Carolina for spring or spring break. And when I was pitching there, I got up to 93. It was the first time like I've ever been in the 90s. And when that happened, it was just kind of like, oh, well, maybe like maybe this is actually like going to happen. And then going into the next year, I got up to 96. And that's when I started having a lot of SEC schools contact me and started having scholarships and visits and that's when it all kind of like sunk in. It was like, yeah, this is actually a real thing. This is actually going to happen. I'm assuming that you grew, did you grow up thinking like, this is what I want to do when you was a young kid? Oh yeah. I mean, I had two older brothers. My dad played college ball and took uh, UNA to two college world series that they won. <clears throat> so, I mean, I've, I've walked and, breathe baseball like my whole life I mean my I got two older brothers that played I mean when they had games that my dad would coach I would I was always running around playing ball in between double headers I was the little halftime show to run around the bases <laughs> and hitting off the tee and all that. So, so Graham I'm, I'm a high school baseball coach myself and I was there with Zach and we watched you pitch uh and chattanooga man you got good stuff i mean it was exciting i felt like i i only know you though coach and i felt like i knew you so it was exciting for me but you know me and coach talk about all the time that being diehard baseball guys we all are in the backyard pretending to hit we're all in the backyard pitching against you ex pitch pitcher who are you uh, who do you model your game after who were you when you were growing up say man i want to be like that that guy i mean it's, it's kind of hard to say because, like, especially, like, when you go through the draft process, when you're filling out questionnaires, you always got to write down, well, who do you pitch like or who do you look at? And I was just like, you know, I mean, 
I never really thought like I modeled myself after anybody, but like whenever going through all that, it kind of made me like sit there and like look at a couple guys. And I was like, dang, I was like, there's really not many people that I can like look at myself and be kind of like, that's who I'm like. Besides, uh, it was, I got to try to remember his name. He passed away. He was with the Marlins a couple of years back. He passed, he had the boat crash. Jose Fernandez. Jose Fernandez, yeah. It was it was him because it was, like, right in his prime where he was taking off and just climbing the ladder. And, uh, like, just watching his video, I was like – I mean, yeah, I was like, his mechanics, I was like, that reminds me of me. Like, the way he pitches, like, just kind of being, like, real into it and, like, letting emotions show but not, like, take over. I was like, that, like, that kind of reminds me of me. But, I mean, honestly, like, I've always thought, like, you know, I'm – just like my own pitcher, like not many, not many people out there are like me. And that's just something I've always thought. Like I've, yeah. like when people ask, I always say like, yeah, like, I mean, I'd say like I modeled after like Jose Fernandez just off of like a mechanical side. Not really. I mean, there wasn't anybody that I just was like, man, that's who I want to be, be like. It was just kind of like my dad kind of, since he pitched, he kind of just molded me and turned me into kind of what I am along the way with a bunch of other pitching coaches. That's awesome. Uh, so when you were in high school, did you get drafted the year you graduated high school by the Dodgers <clears throat> or was that you after your first year of college? No, it was so I, I got drafted in high school. They don't do the the only time you can get drafted is if you're 21 your sophomore year out of college or uh, your junior year. That's right. Okay. So what, yeah. what was that process like? Did you have to put your name in the draft or what What went along with that? No. So, like, when you're coming out of high school, it's just kind of like one of those things where it's just like if you have the talent to, like, be in it and the teams want you, you're in it. But if you decide to go to college and that you're not – like, you're whether it's you turn down uh, your draft, like where you get picked at, like I did out of high school, or you just – don't have the ability yet like you're just not ready and teams don't look at you yet you have to go to school for two to three years unless you go to junior college but but yeah i mean they don't what, uh, was you was you close to taking the deal with the dodgers or did you know early on that you wasn't gonna there wasn't that wasn't the route you was gonna choose uh i was i was pretty close honestly i mean they called me in the third round and they offered they offered me under like what I wanted. And I was like, no, like this is my set number. Like if I don't get this, I'm not going to take it. And then they took me in the 12th round uh, for the money that they said they were going to take me out, not at what I wanted. So I, I just still just didn't sign. So any regrets? No, I mean, it's good. If if I would have taken it, I never would have met my wife, and never would have made friends that I've made along the way, and became the Thanks. player that I am today. That's awesome. Well, I, fortunately for me, I, I'm glad y'all didn't go that route. So, <laughs> and so I and, and your career, you're you're having a great career. So I think everything's working out the way you went. So I'm glad you didn't go that route. Nobody likes the Dodgers <laughs> anyway. Yeah, I mean it's. It's honestly worked out for the best. I mean, especially where the Reds are at right now. I mean, I, I don't see how there's a better pitching organization to be in 
but like for a developmental side. That's awesome. Uh, you know, in college, um, you know, you had two big, two major hip surgeries, you know, and we, we've talked a little bit, you know, in our personal time about the recovery process you took, but the recovery time for those were, you know, they were really hard and, you know, they'd be hard for anybody. Um, but was there ever a point when you were going through the, both of those recoveries that you thought that you, your career might be over? Or did you know just that mentality all along was, I'm not going to let this stop me? Uh, I mean, when it first kind of happened on the first, on my right hip, the first one I had to have surgery on, like when it first happened, I mean, I, I, I remember going to see Emily because that was like right after we first started dating. And I mean, I, I completely broke down because I thought I was like, I'm, my career's done. Like, I'm not going to be able to get back to where I was at. Like, um, it's over. And then I just kind of used it as motivation. It was just like, no, like that's not going to happen. Like I'm just going to try to build myself and get better. And then after the surgeries went through rehab, got stronger. I mean, tried to do all that I could just to build my strengths. And so then when the second one came around the next year, it was just like, you got this, like, it's, you know, you're going to come out stronger and better and it'll, it'll all be fine. So after that, it was just really that first one. It's just like when it first initially happened, they're like, you had to have surgery. It's just one of those things that hits you and you're just like. You're not sure what's going to no. happen. <laughs> yeah. Like that, that uncertainty can kind of get to you. I think a lot, to me personally, I feel like a lot of people that watch the sport, they don't realize what goes into the recovery process. I mean, it's, it's a long, I mean, you can speak more into it, but it's a long process to get healthy back to where you was. Oh yeah. I mean, because just from, just one of the you have one hip surgery like I had where it was the impingement they had to go in fix the labrum they got to shave cartilage down and do all that so you go out of that surgery you're on crutches for a month building your strength up then you get off the crutches that you're on for a month and then you got three months of building your strength up just to be able to jog and start running again and then once you're able to start jogging and stuff then that's when you can start throwing so you go four, four and a half months without touching a baseball. And then you got to go through not only like building your strength up for running and like building your endurance back up to get back in shape, but you also got to build your arm up to be able to get your arm back in shape and to be able to stay strong and healthy in other ways, because you go weak in one spot, especially in baseball, if you go weak in your legs, you overcompensate it with your arm and that's how it can cause injury in your arm. How frustrating was it to not be able to throw? Like to know your arm is okay, and you're like, man, I just, I just want to throw. Because me and Zach, or we live together, you know, we would just go out and play catch. That's, I mean, that's something everybody can do. And I know, as a pitcher like you, you know, it's got to be frustrating to know. Well, my arm's still good. I know I can throw. But just let me throw. You know, so was that was that hard? I, I, I think the hardest thing for me about it was not just like not being able to go out there and throw, but it's just like. I got hurt in season on one of my surgeries and then I got hurt two and a half weeks before season on my other one. And so it was just like knowing that like I couldn't go out there and compete and be at the level that I'm at because I was hurt. And so it was like, it kind of all like when it, it all goes into the, like not being able to go out there and throw. And like, like I remember I went fishing with my dad while I was on crutches and it was like, well, I can't even stand up to bend down to get the bass out of the water. I got to 
flip it in the boat. Then my dad's got to pick it up and hand it to me. Then I can take the lure out of its mouth and all that. It's just, it's just like simple things like that you don't think of. It's just like, well, yeah, you can't do it. <laughs> I think I think one side note there is I don't think people realize how big of an outdoorsman you are. So I'm sure that part really did kill you. All joking oh, aside, I'm sure that was hard. Oh, the good thing was, is it was both in the spring and summer. So there was no deer to be hunt, hunting. So I couldn't, didn't have to have my dad drive me up somewhere and then hobble up in a tree stand and sit there. Um, so going, so after you, um, after your college, you're going into 2019 when you got drafted was how many uh, franchises or teams had reached out to you and, and shown drastic interest in you that, did you know you was going to the Reds the whole time or was there other clubs that, you wasn't sure where you were going or what was that like going up to that draft? Uh, I'm sorry. You said, you said uh, when I got drafted or in high school? Uh, and when you got drafted by the Reds after oh, UAB. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I mean, I honestly, I had no idea the Reds were interested in me at all. I, I thought it was between, God, who was it? I think it was uh, Tampa and – I want to say it was like Tampa, the Padres, and the Braves. Mm. And there was – I didn't have anything. Like, I got called on day one, and they were just like, hey, like, what's the amount you're wanting to go for? And I was just like, you got to call my agent. Like, they're not – I'm not here to discuss that. That's my agent. And – I mean, I went out golfing the next day on day two, came back home, and my agent calls me and goes, hey, we uh, got a call from the Reds. They're picking me up. Do you want to sign? And I was just like, yeah. <laughs> That's and, awesome. And it was just kind of – the funny thing, like the funny thing about it is, is like me and a couple other guys that I played with in rookie ball, they were just like we had no idea the Reds were interested in us at all. Well, that's awesome. So the, the real question was, what golf course was you at that day? Uh, I was at RTJ. <laughs> nice. That's where that's um, where every major leaguer should be playing right now. Oh yeah, on the river course where you can lose fifteen uh, balls a hole. Uh huh. Yeah, that's that's not where I need to go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't have to be on the river course for that. <laughs> um. So anyway, so you're midway through um, your second full season of pitching in the minor leagues. Um, what would you say has been the hardest part for you as far as adjusting from the college game to the pro game? I mean, with there kind of being the, the COVID year, I wouldn't say there's really like much adjusting. It was more of the, like the biggest adjustment there was, was in college, your seven day rest, every seven days you're going, unless you're a reliever, then it's, you're throwing once, maybe twice a weekend. But then you get into rookie ball and it was five day rotation. So it was every five days having to go, having to go, making sure your arm is staying in shape and making sure you're staying healthy. And so to me, like, especially with COVID happening, which was supposed to be my first full season, but my second year of major league uh, ball, it was just, it, it honestly was kind of like, wouldn't really say a blessing in disguise, but it's just like it kind of helped me learn like how to do stuff on my own to kind of be my own, my own 
worst but best friend like on the mound because i like <laughs> you, you don't have somebody that sits there and tells you like you need to do this to fix this like you have to be your own critic well it's like okay well does this look good enough like is this the action i want it to have is it is this like whatever it is like you have to be your own best coach and sometimes you're going to like yourself sometimes you're going to hate yourself and is, is but, it, i mean is it, is it, does it make it like, when you're having a little bit of um, a rough patch per se, like if you have, if you're having a bad end and does it make it harder or easier for you to adjust since you're having to kind of be your own coach sometimes? I mean, you personally, I guess. For me, like whenever stuff starts hitting the fan, like you kind of like to me, I personally know like, okay, like don't worry about it. You start harping on it. All you're going to do is hurt yourself. Like, you just have to rear back and go after this guy and basically what I think is throw it as hard as you can and try to strike him out. Right. And that would, that, that, would, that would be me. When something gets crazy, I would just – I would almost just aim at his head and hope I hit something, like, you know. Yeah. I would shoot as hard that. as you. I do that a lot. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just, it's, so, just one of those, it's just one of those things that you have to just kind of, like, you have to know like your limits as well with it because if you start doing too much, then you're going to start thinking too much, and then you're going to get the the wise the word we're not allowed to say. And I mean, it's that's just what happens. Like guys get them all the time, get the yips. I mean, you start right. thinking too much, you just you hurt yourself. And I mean, that's why it's. You got to keep it simple, but yet you have to have like a direction you're striving for, like while you're doing it. Yep. You know, uh, I tell our guys all the time, you got, you know, I know you trust what you do, trust your mechanics and quit thinking. When you get up there and start thinking, you guys get in trouble up there on the mound sometimes. <laughs> oh, exactly. I mean, it's, thank, it's like I said, you're your own worst but best friend when it comes to it because you start thinking too much and you just, you're going to start walking the house. I mean, that's how it is. And if you go up there and you just try to give it all you got and do the best you can with every pitch and try to strike everybody out, it's going to make it a heck of a lot harder for those guys at the plate. So who, who's one guy you faced, and it can be in college or now that matters, you thought after you pitched him, man, I just pitched to so-and-so. Have you had any of those guys yet? You like, you know, you, you're, I mean, you're in double A now. You you face some really good hitters. Are you face any of those guys yet? That you like, man. I just pitched to so and so. I mean, there's there hasn't been really that many guys where it's like, oh, like you know, like dang, like that guy's gonna be a big leaguer. But like, there's there's been, I know there was one that was in um, when I was in high A. He played for Great Lakes. I'm trying to, I can't remember his name. He went, he got called up to double A and you could just tell at the plate and it's like, yeah, you're like this guy. I was like, just the way he carries himself up to the plate. You're like, all right, like this guy's got a chance to be a big time stick. What's uh? so you, you know, you've played in a lot of different places, you know, high school, college, and now playing in, in the Reds organization. What would you say has been your favorite place you've played so far? Emily's over there smiling at me. I'd probably have to say, like, the best place I've played 
so far would probably be at Mississippi State and Duty Noble back when I had the maroon and white on just because, I mean, that when you got 13, 14,000 fans cheering and you got the cowbell bells ringing inside that stadium, it's pretty cool. I mean, like, kind of hate that's to admit rare. It. as much as as much as I hate to admit it as there's not really much of a feeling like that that I've experienced yet. That, uh, so. That's that's got to be rare for college. I mean, that's a lot of people for a baseball game. Oh yeah, I mean the a lot of I mean. A, a lot of the other schools, like, they can get that. But when they get that many people, it's playoff time. It's super regionals. It's not a Tuesday night at Bulldog Bash. Like, it's it's not a – like, Mississippi State has that many people every weekend, even some days on Tuesdays. And it's – it's it's a, it's a cool atmosphere. That's one thing I got to give Mississippi State is it is a cool atmosphere. How many cowbells do you own? Uh, me? I never bought one. <laughs> uh, my wife, on the other hand, she's gotten – she's been given three, two, three, somewhere around there. I've been given one, but I couldn't tell you where that thing's at anymore. Um, so, one thing about baseball is, is it's your creatures that have it. You like to do the same thing on certain days – um, but what I, th- what I think is interesting is what you do on your off day. So I know after the day you pitch is going to be, you're going to do a lot of resting and stretching, but what, walk us through what a day would look like three days before you start. What, when you come, how early do you get to the field? What type of work do you do? What are you focusing on? What would that look like for you? Well, to me, like whenever, so if I have a start day, you have five day rest. So let's say I throw on a Tuesday, I my routine that I go through every time, I wouldn't say it's like a superstition thing. For one, it's because like we kind of have to do some of the stuff, but you have a workout the day after and conditioning. And so you got an hour, a workout that's about 40 minutes to an hour. And then you got 30 minutes of conditioning, whatever you want to do. And then I always go into the trainer and get a flush, which is just like a massage on the arm from scap all the way down to your forearm just to kind of get everything broken up, get that blood out. And then day two, I got a bullpen. So that's where I kind of start working on my stuff. That's where it's like, all right, well, what's the shape of this pitch? What is the slider looking like this day? Or what's the fastball or what my coaches say is a cutter slider thing. Like, what's it looking like? And then, all right, well, how's the change up feeling coming out of the hand? And so it's just, you're just like nitpicking, like what you're trying to focus on. Cause like, there's a thing called a nine pocket. It's a red box that's got nine pockets in it. And it's to pick out zones. So you got like the bottom part of the zone, the middle zone, top zone, and the same way going left to right. And so for me, like, if I want to focus on commands, like at the beginning of the season this year, I threw into that thing for a bullpen and for a short box back-to-back days. And that was just what I did at the beginning of the year because I was like, it helps you get into your zone, helps you focus on what it is. Like, you don't have a catcher back there that's going to sit there and frame it and make it look good and pretty because, I mean, that's what catchers are paid to do. But to me, like, that's where I focus on, like, what I got to do to get ready for the next start is on that bullpen day. You're focusing on – what you're looking for and what you're wanting your stuff to be that day. 
and then you got on day three there's another workout and conditioning which it's a, it's a same workout 40 minutes to an hour and then you just have sprints that day and then day four light sprints light toss nothing major because you got to pitch the next day you're not trying to wear yourself out day five it's game time So if, if you were talking to a young pitcher today, and I'm, I'm sure you do this a lot, what, what's your go-to advice for that young guy? Because like I said, I'm a high school coach. I'm always looking for this, some quote to give him or some little, I have the things that I focus on. But what's your go-to advice for just any young pitcher out there right now? Uh, I, would, I would just, honestly, it's just about pounding the zone. Like if I'm talking baseball-wise, like, it doesn't matter how good your stuff is. It's just about throwing strikes because hitting a round ball with a round bat is very hard. And so you have to be able to go out there and pound the zone. I mean, that's, that's what I preach to kids when I give lessons. It's just like you don't, you don't go out there and try to do all this and that. You try to go out there and pound the zone with your best stuff. That's awesome. Well, Graham, I appreciate you taking the time out with us. I promise you, you got the biggest support system and fan base here. So we're, we're rooting for you and we enjoy watching you and we wish you the best the rest of this year. I appreciate it guys. We'll holler at y'all later.